music. He's squinting. He's got <laughs> tears in his eyes. What's going on, man? What's he watching? <laughs> My dad is so weird. Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts, Jason and Eric, are counting down the top 50 movie soundtrack songs from the 80s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome back to Greatest Lists, your favorite music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. Jason here with you again, joining me on this Musical journey, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Your favorite co-host. My favorite, yes. You are my favorite. <laughs> don't tell uh, Mickey. Don't tell Wyatt. You know, don't, don't tell, tell any of my- <laughs> uh, they, don't, they don't listen anyway. So That's right. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> we are continuing our season one list of the top 50 soundtrack songs from the 80s. And uh, we're back to couple skate again. <laughs> uh, couple skate. But looking ahead in the list, at least for my picks... I won't be dropping the tempo again until number 18. And then dropping the tempo. And then it's all just, you know, fast tempo from there. So nice. only slowing down a couple more times. So our selection, here we go. We're taking we're going back to the uh Karate Kid franchise now. Coming in at number 28 is The Glory of Love by Peter Cetera from Karate Kid 2. By the Numbers. Released on June 4th, 1986 as a single, about two weeks prior to the film's release, Glory of Love would hit number one on the U.S. pop charts the first week of August and held the spot for two weeks. And it was also a number one on the U.S. adult contemporary chart and a number one in Canada and Sweden. Hmm. The song was written by uh, Peter Cetera and David Foster, who we briefly spoke about in the St. Elmo's Fire oh, episode, yeah. and uh, Diane Nini, who was married to Cetera at the time. Those were your three songwriters. It was the first single that Cetera released after leaving Chicago, and it's also featured on his solo album, Solitaire Solitude, which I have on vinyl, and I've got the uh, <laughs> 45 single of this song as well. It's Wait, very you have, good. You have Cetera's album on vinyl? I do, yeah. Man, oh, it's so your 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 collection is so eclectic and beautiful. It, it's so weird. I love yeah. it. I just I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I'll see something, and I think, okay, there's this song and this song on here. I've That's never so listening, awesome. never listened to the rest of it. I'm gonna pick it up for four or five dollars, whatever you know. Nice. So anyway, uh, the song earned nominations for an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Original Song. Also nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Pop Vocal Performance by a Male Artist. Steve Winwood actually won that Grammy that year. Uh, can you guess the other love ballad from a 1986 film that won the other two awards that year? Let me think. In 1986? Mm-hmm. Very timely. Uh... Uh, think about some movies that were just released here in the last couple months. God, I can't even think of it. What would it be? It was uh, Berlin, Take My Breath Away from Top oh. Gun. Yeah, that's what beat wow. out for the Academy Award and the Golden Globe in 1986. Nice. So we, we said we were done with Rocky Four, right? 
Uh, well, I mean, are we ever really done with rock and roll? <laughs> <laughs> For the purposes of this countdown. Well, according to Satara in a 2013 interview, he originally wrote and composed Glory of Love as the end title for Rocky IV. Oh, but no. Due to some contractual issues, it didn't happen. And two weeks later, he said he played it for the uh, Karate Kid producers and the rest is history. Man, I would not have liked to have heard that on Rocky IV. <laughs> So here's an interesting fact that I found. The single was never certified gold or platinum, yet his uh, solo album is. And the reason could be because of a declining vinyl sales at the time. Uh, I found this article from 1986 from the Sun Sentinel. One record company executive estimated the sales of the Glory of Love single were down by over a quarter of a million units compared to what might have been like a few years earlier. Yeah. And I'm assuming that was because cassettes were taking over and yep. uh, the single craze really hadn't taken off yet because most of mine that I owned were like real late 80s or early 90s. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense because around 86 is when, yeah, I was I didn't buy records anymore. I bought, mm-hmm. I bought cassettes. Let's get personal. All right, so I'm not sure when I first connected with the song. I'm pretty sure I saw Karate Kid 2 in the theater but I likely wasn't sitting around there listening to the song when the cl- credits rolled, you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I fell in love with it uh, while working for a local adult contemporary radio station in the mid-90s. Oh, nice. We used this uh, satellite service to, to get the music. There was no, like, live DJ there. Oh. And just sitting around and uh, getting to know the clock hour of when songs and commercials came in, there was, like, a four-minute window right at the top of the hour when the local station had the option of either playing commercials or leaving it on the satellite for an additional song. And typically we did that. We left it on to hear the song. So there was this rotation of songs that were close to four minutes to allow you know them to fit kind of in that little window there. Right. Glory of Love was one of them. So the radio edit is three minutes and 53 seconds with the album version closer to like four minutes and 20 seconds. So I'm in... I've heard it a lot too, where the radio just, there's like an early fade right at the end as it kicks back in that uh, really makes me mad, really. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, that's what I associate with the song is being at the radio station and hearing it right before the top of the hour uh, on a, not a daily basis, but several times a week. Right. So did you see Karate Kid 2 in the theater? I saw it in the theater. I even remember who I saw it with. Uh-huh. Um, it, a person of the female persuasion <laughs> and uh, we did in fact stay through the credits to hear the song yeah. it, was, it started playing and, and uh, somebody wanted to stay and listen so. <laughs> it is one of those you know really yeah. the, the lyrics and everything are, and I, are really I, great I mean I'll be honest with you I love Karate Kid I love the first three movies and I love you know Cobra Kai but this this movie was a little cheesy yeah, like just the whole love story between him and Kimiko. Was it Kimiko? Kimiko, yeah. Kimiko, yeah. Um, but the person I was with just thought it was the greatest story of all. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, just head over heels for that whole love story. And so we had to stay to listen to the song. So I do remember that. Uh-huh. So yeah, I sat in the theater and heard this song. <laughs> yeah. I will shamelessly say I enjoy Cruddy Kid Three much more than Cruddy Kid Two. It's probably out of the original trilogy. I would probably agree with that. I don't watch, I mean, I don't watch three as much, but 
Oh, I do. I I, I will sometimes I go to it first before I go back to two <laughs> when I'm watching oh, really? the marathon. Yeah, <laughs> I love number three so much. That's funny. I think I don't think I've seen that one as much as I've seen the other two, but I do like three more than I like two. But anyway, anyway, yeah, um, but yeah, I saw this in the theater, and uh, it you know it was it was uh, the song. I'm not my favorite song in the world, um, but uh, careful now. <laughs> no we were we were talking about uh, a little bit before we got on about the music video i don't remember the music video uh watching that a lot on mtv i did remember it i went back and watched it uh kind of in preparation for this show and uh i told eric I, peter satara reminds me so much of william defoe i almost like call him the uh the green, green goblin, goblin. <laughs> that's singing the song oh my god but the the video is so it's very cool because he's in this dojo and then you get the doors like swinging open you see the uh scenes from the movie kind of on the walls and sometimes the doors will swing open and you go right into the scene it's very cool i mean yeah. for the time and the effects that you had but he the camera kind of lingers on him a little much and he's very static very still he kind of waves his arm he's a couple times and very robotic but yeah, and he doesn't really uh, like he doesn't move his mouth much, like you yeah. said when he's singing. <laughs> it's like so, he's wearing a mask, and he's just you can, all you can see is his lips moving. I mean, it's 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 very creepy. But you know, that's not the I'm not trying to disrespect because I love the song. But, uh, <laughs> I they uh, the, this, you got to go out and watch the music video if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while. It, it can be comical at times. I can't remember the video all the way, but I but I mean I, I remember you remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember yeah. I don't remember seeing it a whole lot on MTV. The breakdown. All right, so speaking of the early fade at the end of the song, I think it's my favorite part of the song. Uh, just the very end, you get the drums. They come back in, and Satara continues singing. We did it all for love. And the guitar comes back in and gives some great licks. There's actually a 12-inch version out there that adds about 40 more seconds. On, and it's basically just extending the fade at the end of the song. And you get oh, to hear more of that guitar yeah. in there. Oh, I love it. And you just don't hear that. You know, usually the, the song fades and it's just the, kind of the same uh, you know, progression. But having the drums kick back in and you start getting more of that guitar because the, the solo is only like you know 20 seconds or something it's very short so hearing that i just love the extended version of the song um of course the piano and the keyboard melee just beautiful and i love the big kick drum sound i mean they're so big and thunderous you get, yeah you get those fills in between the lyrics and yeah. ooh, it just ugh, i love it and <laughs> What's funny is you know you listen to it it's it's all deep synthesizers there's no bass really in the song. And in the second verse there's a really interesting like keyboard medley that goes up and down that I just never noticed before and it's uh it's just all synthesizers there's no bass in there at all. That's so weird. You, I've never I, I love just I I told you before we went on the air. I must have listened to the song for an hour straight, <laughs> trying to get every little part of it. But oh, uh, maybe I'm so overdoing funny. it. But anyway, I listened to it once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I, went, yeah, I do enough. now. I I love Satara's voice. Um, I love how they double track him at certain parts, like a knight in shining armor. He, yeah. I mean, he just oh, you get 
I mean, at the uh, end, he, at, the, at the end of that song, he's got some pretty powerful vocals and mm-hmm. some pretty powerful lines at the at the end of the song. I will admit that. Yeah. yeah, and then I mean they do it during just certain. We'll live forever. That is repeated throughout, and that's usually uh, double tracked with him doing the backing vocals. And then uh, you get that. Uh, I you know I love the answer echo kind of vocals that they put in there. Behind that, yeah, yeah, we'll live forever knowing together. They they do that. There's like an answer vocal there yeah. too towards the end of the song. Yeah. So I was reading up a little bit more on Satara's solo career too. I will throw this in here. Um, it sounded like he didn't like the horns and kind of was criticized for including horns, at least in his songs. You know, I mean, uh, it's part of the reason why he split from Chicago. Oh. And uh, so I, 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 he got criticized for using horns. Well, there's no, it's all keyboards in this song, right. but there is like a very horn like part towards the end of the song, right before the fade. <laughs> that keyboard. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds like a horn. Yeah. You could tell, you could play it with a horn, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I, you know, if you're uh, Foster or the producer who was uh, Michael O'Martian, you know, if they're on him to add some similarities to Chicago, why not, man? It would be kind of stupid not to have a little bit of that Chicago sound when you're going solo. I mean, I, you know? I, I love his stuff in Chicago. I mean, I love Chicago, but I loved his voice in Chicago. Right. Um, and he blended in with that stuff. Really. I don't. Why would you not pick up on that success and, and, you know, and use a little bit of it? Yeah. I just don't see, like, specifically this song confusing it with a chicago song I and mean, other than it's his voice but yeah the, which is a very recognizable voice i mean it's a it's right. a very distinctive voice but it just feels like a different rhythm different yeah i don't know different song than what maybe chicago would put out even their ballads you know throughout the oh, 80s yeah. but yeah very true so what did you uh note about the song um it's a very it's a very at you know like especially towards the end it's a very thick production um, and I didn't know, I mean, you just said who produced it, Michael, Michael Lamarty, and he, mm. he did a lot of those kind of ballad type production songs. And they're, they all, if you line them up, they all sound a lot alike. And that makes a lot of sense to me now that you mm-hmm. said that that was, he was a producer. Um, but I like, I just, you know, like I just said, he's got a very distinctive voice. I like his voice. Um, even though it's, it, at times it gets a little high, it's, <laughs> you know, he can, he can get up there. I, he's got a, he's got a very distinctive voice, but it's, a, it's, a, it, I love it, especially in Chicago. I love the way yeah. he sings like stay of the night and, and, you know, some of their bigger hits that they had with him. Um, but I never noticed that there wasn't a baseline in the song that it was all keyboards. Yeah. Um, which is, which is, which is very di- different for songs at that, you know, during that. Right. Time right. Frame. There was always, you know, a, a pretty thick bass line in most songs. Um, well, you oh, think he plays bass too? So, well, yeah, that's another thing. He <laughs> he is actually a bass player. Yeah, <laughs> that's like having that's like having a you know a, a you know Stevie Ray Vaughan, but not having a guitar part in the song. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of that's David Foster too, though, and his influence with the piano and keyboard. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I get. That's probably true. I mean, all those keyboard parts are probably are probably his idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, Glory of Love comes in at number twenty-eight for its commercial success as a number one hit, nominated for several awards, and in my opinion, just one of the great power ballads of all time. Um, as a bonus song this week, um, there's only one more 
from the Karate Kid 2 soundtrack on Spotify. So let's do two more hits from Satara's solo career. And I'm going to save the duets in case we do a duet list someday because I love some of his duets. <laughs> We've talked about that. But yes, let's do uh, One Good Woman from his 1988 oh, that's album. That's a good song. Yeah. One More Story. That went to number four on the pop chart, number one on the AC chart. And what I remember my mom having a single for Restless Heart from 1992 and his album World Falling Down. Um, there are two more hits on Restless Heart that I really enjoy maybe we'll get to those someday but we had a lot uh, more success than you really realize on his solo career yeah and splitting the charts like that there wasn't a whole lot of the pop chart success more on the ac charts but you look at all the singles that he released they're charting on the ac chart like every every song yeah yeah he was an ac guy definitely definitely. (laughs) (laughs) all right well if you have spotify premium stay tuned you'll hear the songs right after the episode if you are a free Spotify user, you hear just a quick snippet of each song. And if you want to find the music outside of Spotify, click those song whip links in the show notes. That'll connect you to the songs in your favorite music app. And give us your thoughts as always. We'd love to hear your uh, interaction on social media. Find us on Twitter. I'm at RD80s. Eric is Eric underscore Vardaman. And we're on a couple other places too, but Twitter is always the best place to find us. We also had a a Twitter spaces. Maybe we need to do another one of those uh, coming up here soon. Eric, oh, yeah. and just, uh, we can give pick a little a tease. Yeah, yeah. Pick a topic or tease kind of what's ahead, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. find us on Twitter. Eric will take over for our number 27 pick in the next episode. I'm definitely all right with it. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for listening to greatest lists. And we look forward to continuing the countdown next time. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists.